Welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Today we are going to share the experience of Brandon Chadbourne. He called in and shared his experience, which thank you so much, Brandon, for calling in. And he did it perfectly, too, because, um, you know, again, the phone number only gives you three minutes. And, and so, you know, when it got to the end of the three minutes, it cut him off. And then uh, he just called right back, continued his experience, called right back, continued his experience. So that's perfect. When you call in, that's exactly um, how you do it. So so thank you for calling in, Brandon. And um, I will give a heads up for if you're listening with children and so forth. This experience is has uh, talks about suicide and it goes into a little bit of depth about that. And so if you're not wanting your children to hear some of the descriptions of suicide, um, you may want to either save this one for later or listen to it uh, when you're on your own, something like that. But I do recommend listening to it because it really addresses um, this subject well. And, uh, And having Brandon share his feelings like this is just really powerful and I think can do a lot of good for a lot of people. So we'll go ahead and get to Brandon's call. Hi, Chaz. My name is Brandon Chadborn, and um, I'm actually calling uh, to tell my story. Um, it's kind of a difficult one, but over the past six years, I've worked through a lot of stuff um, with the situation that I was in. Um, so I guess I'll just start from the beginning uh, again, my name is Brandon Chadborn, and um, when I was, well, six years ago, my husband actually, uh, he shot himself in my bathtub, and in our bathtub, and I, I, uh, I don't know, I, I was out, I was teaching a yoga class, and I almost dropped to the floor, something, um, Sorry, it's still difficult. Um, something happened to me when he uh, accomplished his suicide. And um, so I left the class right away. Um, I remember getting on the bus, and uh, they took a different route that day, and I was just so antsy, and I was almost angry with the driver, and I just felt... I need to get home now. And this is in Seattle, so it was a it was a twenty minute ride already. And uh, so, anyway, um, I got home and I I ran home and I found him. So uh, unfortunately, I didn't get that feeling before uh, it was too late. But I believe it was a way of uh, kind of like a soul. I don't know, maybe my soul felt him go, or maybe he said goodbye. Um, he did so in a letter to me as well, but um, I ran through the house to the bathroom where the shower was on, and, and that's where I discovered him. He, he had uh, uh, taken his life by gun, and um, uh, uh, yeah, he left the shower on, so I wouldn't any blood. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, he was a very thoughtful person. It was just it was a long story why he, he did that. But um, yeah, uh, so about four months after that, I 
I've been on a lot of medications for anxiety and um, just like all these weird numbing pills, clonazepam and and these pills that make you don't make you not feel. Um, I was inundated with them. They were throwing them at me, so I was taking everything I could because normally I was a I was a yoga teacher and I I teach meditation as well and uh, but I just kind of went off the deep end when I I found him and I suffered some PTSD and uh, eventually I after four months I saved up uh, three hundred clonazepam and Ambien and I took them with uh, some whiskey. And I um, normally don't drink a lot, so it was enough to really, uh, I guess, do me in. Um, uh, the first thing I remember is leaving my body um, slowly. And I knew that I was on the ground. And what I saw was uh, I was seizing and I had froth or something coming out of my mouth. Uh, my buddy Adam had... Uh, seen something that I posted on Facebook, I was basically saying goodbye, and so my family contacted each other and Adam, and they coordinated, and, and he got over there really quickly and found me, and um, when he found me, I had stopped breathing. They don't, they don't really know for how long, um, so he started CPR, and uh, I watched him do CPR until everything went completely black, and the... One of the most important things I think about this that I remember is that when I was in that vast black darkness, um, there was love. There was no judgment. There was no, there was no more pain. Um, I couldn't feel it anymore because after so many months of feeling so much pain on a daily basis, I, I, cause I literally lost my mind. I, I flipped my cookies, so to speak. Um, and I was in great pain. I couldn't get out of bed. Anyway, um, and finally, I'm there, and there's no light for me. Um, I was surrounded by love. There were other people, maybe, but they were all focused on me, and they were focused on making me feel okay, and this, like, I guess vibration conversation thing happened where uh, God, I, um, I could feel him speaking to me and essentially what I feel like I was told in not words but vibration somehow um, and throughout my soul. I had no limbs. I had no arms or eyes or anything that I can see in 360 in every direction and it was all black and but this presence, and then when when it was speaking to me, it was like you you have too much to do, and I I, I believed it. Um, after that, I um, I was told basically that I have to go back, and it wasn't my time. So I was suddenly awake, and they were uh, still. I was in the uh, Intensive care unit? That's it. Um, and so I woke up and I was angry. Oh boy. And I was very angry because I wanted to go back to that, not to the feeling of not being in pain again. Um, 
I went into a, a hospital, uh, Washington State University, um, and I made some friends there. I was there for 30 days, $72,000 later, and um, essentially I learned a lot about you know how to cope. But then when they released me, they gave me lots of drugs again. And so I, I, I tried the same thing again. This time I got into the same bathtub with pajama bottoms on, and I did the same exact thing. This time I knew nobody was coming over. At this time, there wasn't that feeling of uh, being spoken to. It was just total love and total uh, empathy. And I woke up to a bane on my door, and I was on the couch, and I was completely dry in my pajamas. My meds were gone. I knew I had taken them. I was not hungover from them or anything like that. I answered the door was a cucumber um, and I was fine after that I uh, I one of the ladies at the place in at the hospital they couldn't get her meds it was too far for the city to drive I was uh, going to pick somebody's meds up to take back to the the university um, because the city wouldn't do it and the university couldn't I guess do it for some reason and we were all there for the same reason, but she needed her meds. She couldn't develop saliva. She was an attorney. It's a long story. She also tried to commit suicide. Um, but I'm on the bus, and I'm reading Stephen Levine, um, Who Dies, because at that point I was just totally immersing myself in anything that I could read or learn about as far as death is considered. Um and at that moment, I felt on the bus, just in a glimpse, I felt that presence there with me. And somehow, I understood that everything, even the atoms on an atomic level, the, the bus, the metal of the bus, the road, everything was associated with everything. And it somehow, everything is interconnected. And I... It was a weird, it was like a weird trip. I don't know. Um, I don't really do drugs, so I don't know what tripping is all about, but it was kind of like that. I was there on the bus. I was gone. I was back on the bus. It only took a matter of seconds. And since then, I've taken this uh, with me and I, I tell people my story and I believe in God now, uh, fully. Um, I questioned it, but now I, I have no doubt in my mind. Um, yeah, and I just want to thank you so much for your podcast. And if you have any questions, please feel free to call or email. Again, thank you so much for the work you're doing. It really means a lot. And you have a wonderful day. God bless. And thank you, Brandon, for having the courage to call and share your experience. And thank you for being willing to share it so that others can be blessed and benefit from the things that you've learned because that's incredible. It's, it's just absolutely amazing uh, the things you were able to learn. And with what Brandon has been through, um, we've got to acknowledge as a people how powerful PTSD really is. We tend to think of it as a, as a 
a thing that veterans of war experience. And yes, they do, absolutely, no question about it. But anyone who has been through any kind of trauma is susceptible to uh, PTSD, to post-traumatic stress. And I think that anyone who experiences any kind of severe stress or trauma is going to experience some of, of that. And for Brandon, understandably, it took a really heavy, dark toll. And uh, it's kind of interesting, too, because prior to hearing Brandon's experience, I've actually never heard that I can remember anyway off the top of my head. I think this may be the first time that I've heard a near-death experience where somebody had a near-death experience and then later tried to commit suicide, or, or in his case, tried to commit suicide a second time. And the reason I find that interesting is because often the message that comes from the first near-death experience is the real incredible value of life. Um, and then they come back and they can't bring themselves to do it again. But there's something that many of us who haven't experienced a near-death experience don't really tend to see uh, because we tend to focus on the experience. And this is something so valuable um, to recognize for those who have had near-death experiences or, or valuable for those of us who haven't to recognize about those who have. And that is that when they return, they're not just returning from this, you know, it's not like getting home from Disneyland and sharing with all their friends the wonderful time they had. They come back to this broken, twisted, depressed situation that they were in from this beautiful, loving, warm location. And that's got to be just absolutely jarring. I mean, imagine you're in the worst possible situation that you can imagine being in, and suddenly you're just pulled out, and then you're in Disneyland and having this wonderful experience and having the time of your life and love and joy and laughter, and then suddenly, wham, you're slammed back into that horrible experience and say, okay, now go on, experience all this trauma and all this pain and suffering that you left behind, and, uh, you know, good luck, all this that you've learned, now it's time to practice it. We tend to kind of take for granted how challenging that really is. It's hard enough for those who survive a near accident let alone those who survive suicide, who are already dealing with severe, the severe trauma that uh, depression causes. And then they're left not just with surviving and trying to recover, but in that moment of rock bottom, they experience something that's higher and more beautiful than people tend to ever experience in their lifetimes. And then they're slammed back into rock bottom again. You can't discount that. You can't say, oh, well, how could you feel like going back after you've been to heaven? It's, it's kind of the other way around. It's almost like, how could you not feel like going back? And even Brandon, he, he talks about how in that experience, when he's having this beautiful conversation with God, he, he's told, you have too much to do. You can't come, come back yet. You have too much to do. And I can imagine for many people 
who have such messages told, you need to go back, there's more that you need to accomplish, you have a mission, you have a purpose, and so forth. Coming back and thinking, but look at my life, what possible purpose could I have that justifies my leaving heaven to be able to do that thing? What possible thing could I have to offer that is worth leaving this beautiful place to come here? And yet, there it is. And in Brandon's case, as in many, it's God who's giving that message. What a beautiful message. And I love how after the second time, first off, how he didn't end up having to suffer many of the immediate, you know, medical consequences. I mean, I've heard of miraculous healings from those who've had accidents and and so forth, but what a blessing. You know, it's almost like God is saying, okay, okay, I understand you know, this this was too much for you at this point. I need to send you back again still, but this time, this time I'm gonna spare you that severe recovery that you had to go. You know, it's almost like this little tender mercy saying, I'm gonna spare you that little bit. And then, this is the thing that I find beautiful. Later on, as he's taken this bus, you know, taken some medication to somebody who needs it because the hospital can't do it, um, He's going along, and all of a sudden, it just pops in that, uh, that I don't know what you call it. It's like the brain or the mind or something switches into, you know, full spirit mode. Where a full, some people call it a download. Some people call it, um, you know, being in the presence of the spirit is, I think, uh, the way Brandon described it. But all of a sudden, he sees things in this beautiful fascinating light the atoms and how they correlate with each other and it's like it's like all of a sudden structures make sense in a way that they didn't before so the world itself makes sense in a way it didn't before and without trying to put words in his mouth because he's struggling to describe it how am i supposed to be able to describe it but it's almost like there's this tender mercy that the lord says okay i'm going to give you another sample and part of that Part of that may be a bit of the after effects beginning to kick in because many people, after they have a near-death experience, they become open to the Spirit in ways that maybe they hadn't before. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say whether this is something that's an after effect and therefore they're more open to the Spirit or maybe they've just been able to get themselves in a situation where they're more prepared to hear what God has to give. I don't know. I don't know. This is this is all exploration and and what a beautiful exploration it is. And yet one of the messages seem that seems to come out of these things are is that we do have a connection to God. It for some of us it'll take great effort to find it. Others, we will stumble upon it. Others, we're just blessed naturally with certain gifts. And for others, it's a grand journey that may that they may be able to come in, into contact with God in some way in this life or hear his voice or feel his spirit in some way. But ultimately, it seems that this is a spiritual journey for all of us. There's that that concept of the journey again. And just like 
we've talked about before in Brandon's situation, the spiritual journey, rather than the uh, near-death experience being something of a climax of spiritual of the spiritual journey, rather it's kind of the initiation into it. It's kind of the way of saying, okay, this begins the journey. This major trial that led to the death is kind of acts as a launch pad with this experience as a, I don't know what you'd call it, a, a, something that gives some direction, although sometimes not clear direction about how or what to do and how to go about it. But here we are, these poor broken mortals in our in our struggling to understand the world, our lives, and our purpose, here we're placed in this situation that is so incredibly difficult, and we're told, okay, now go live your life with purpose. And we're like, well, what purpose? What are we supposed to be doing? And we don't know. We don't know. But yet we're given what we need to be able to fulfill our purpose even if we don't know what those gifts are or what our purpose is. So once again, thanks to Brandon for sending that to us. And if any of you would like to ask Brandon further questions, he, he gave me his email and, and I have his phone number, um, contact me and I would love to either get you in touch with him or if you just have a, a simple particular question to ask him, I can send it his way. Um, I'm sure he would be more than happy to answer anyone's questions and also i'm sure that he would be a, a resource for any of you who may be really struggling to the point of questioning whether this life is worth living and questioning whether you really should keep living i mean that is something that so many people are facing these days and as in brandon's situation if you've had somebody near you that love that you love uh, that commits suicide man that's tough it's almost you know they describe it as being uh, uh, being contagious in a way and I think there's a reason for that and so we have to reach out and we have to be there for each other so if any of you are struggling I would love to get you in contact with Brandon so you can talk with him to ask him more details about how he's pulling through and how he's able to move on to the other side of that and what a beautiful thing that he is now able to share with us his experience and provide some beauty and and a message of hope in a world that is so discouraging and so challenging at times so with that thank you all of you once again for listening Thank you.